The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, if I was to make a decision in advance that, okay, I'm going out tonight, I'm going to be consuming more calories, can I reduce my calories earlier in the day? So that essentially your overall daily calorie intake is the same, it's just distributed differently. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. How's it going? Welcome back to the Insulone Podcast. My cell phone, as always, I'm here. Welcome. Good to see you. Well, good to have you on. And I have Mr. Graham O'Toole. Graham, what's happening? Hello. Hello, hello. I enjoyed just before uh, you recorded, you go, how, how do I start these again? <laughs> yeah. How do I start I these? almost forgot how to do the introduction to my own podcast because... I haven't actually recorded one in a while because we had done a a big lump of podcasts for the whole month of November for Diabetes Awareness Month. So it's, uh, I feel like it's been some time since I've recorded a podcast Mm. like this, but it's good to be back. It's good to be back. And since we're back to the normal episodes as well, I'm not going to be shackled by time constraints. And I might start butting in again and uh, taking the podcast on tangents, if that is okay with you, Owen, and of course, you listening wherever you are around the world. That was more so a rhetorical question. I'm going to be butting in and I will be taking the podcast (laughs) on tangents once again. So if you were a fan of how I was fairly quiet in the background during World Diabetes Awareness Month, I'm sorry, I'm back. And if you've just been introduced to the podcast as a result of listening to the, the, the 30 episodes throughout Diabetes Awareness Month, get ready for Graham to be loud and obnoxious and annoying <laughs> and ignorant towards diabetes. Actually, no, that's that's harsh. You're not ignorant. I, I, You're I am an honorary type 1 diabetic. The type 1 diabetic's best friend. That's what I <laughs> yeah. am. I will look at, I'd be, I'd be the type of person. I don't know what I was doing, actually. I was in the pharmacy today and I was collecting my prescription and I was just kind of hanging around waiting for them to sort out the tablets. And I found myself reading the ingredients to some hypo treatment, dextrose or whatever no it's called. Yeah. I can guarantee <laughs> it's, is it these ones? 
Yeah, dextro energy. Yeah, that's the exact. <laughs> I just, for, for, for anybody listening, I've just pulled out the exact glucose tablets from my pocket that Graham's mentioning here. Yeah. They are the best hypo treatment, in my opinion. Dextro well, tell, energy. Tell me, about the, tell me about the ingredients, Graham. Um, a lot of good stuff and uh, get those blood sugars back up. That's pretty much exactly. Is that their strap line? Lots of good stuff. Get those sugars back up. (laughs) Right. Enough. 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 Let's let's get to it. Graham, what are we speaking about today? Well, we are coming up to the festive period and we have Mm. been doing this podcast for a few years now and we like to touch on the festive period because you know it's a time in your life where things you kind of fall out of your routine you're not working as much you're maybe lying in you may be going out and Owen I believe you have laid out uh, part one and part two because there's many different factors to this mm. in ways you can manage your sugars around the festive season so Owen do you want to jump straight in yeah. and hit us with the first one for actually, before I even do that, Graham, because you are an honorary type one diabetic, from your experience, because I can't ask the listener right now, but from your experience in terms of your your knowledge around diabetes and and the insight that you've had up to this point, as a type one diabetic going into the festive period, what do you feel something, or what do you feel are some things that we would struggle with? Or what do you think we would kind of find challenging around this time of year? Well, I know that diabetes loves routine. Oh, he's good. So, and I know myself, I'm out of routine when I'm in Christmas mode. I'm not getting up, um, going to the gym every single day. I don't know what day it is. It's kind of every day is a bit of a weekday because you're not working the Mm. same hours. And I presume you wouldn't be eating the same breakfast or your breakfast will be at different times. So if I was a type one diabetic, I think that would be the main thing I would struggle Mm. with where I would try and keep some sense of routine. But then also I wouldn't want to have it kind of hamper the festive period either, where I would also Mm. like to enjoy myself Mm. and not have type one diabetes kind of control in the holiday season. 100%. Goodness, that's basically the episode done. I don't even need to go into things. Okay, bye. But it's like, it's, but you know what's funny? And you can probably agree with this. The days between Christmas and New Year's, it's almost like you just fall into some sort of abyss and you have yeah. no idea what's going on. And everything is just kind of wrapped in uh, this, this, unpredictable black hole of enjoyment. But you know what? Do you know what it is? It's probably the only time of the year where it's uh, accepted societally or culturally accepted, mm. where you can literally do nothing and nobody can say a word to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that that <laughs> abyss between Christmas and New Year's, nobody is allowed to say anything to you for just lying on the couch and watching reruns of Harry Potter or Friends or whatever the, exactly. the, the TV show of your choice is. Yeah. Make the most of it. Okay, let's jump in. So a few of these that I've outlined and, and that I want to go through, there are some like practical, physical things that we can be aware of and decisions that we can make. But also, like we always enjoy doing, there are some kind of mindset frames and different ways to think about various scenarios or situations that you will benefit from. Because as we know, diabetes is just as much, probably more mental and emotional than it is actually physical. So 
let's jump straight in. So number one for me is, and this isn't just in relation to the festive period, this is in relation to even a night out, a dinner out, uh, a holiday you're going on, setting your intention for the day potentially. But basically what it is, is, is number one, making a decision in advance of the festive period. Now, what I mean by that is making a decision in advance. It's like you are, you are deciding what you want from the festive period. You're deciding an intention that you might have for it. Now, what I mean by that is from my experience living with type one diabetes myself, obviously, and even just working with so many people over the years that live with type one diabetes to enjoy the holiday period or whatever you're doing, to enjoy it to its fullest. For me, it's about doing the things that you enjoy, eating, drinking, seeing people, whatever, but also managing bloods and managing bloods in the sense that they're not getting in the way of what you're doing. So you you can do both. And people can often have this, this opinion that like during the festive period, particularly, it's one or the other. I'm either hyper-focused and hyper-aware of my diabetes and I'm too restrictive and I'm, I'm too routined or else I'm throwing my diabetes out the window and all hell is going to break loose and I'm just going to do whatever. For me, it's about finding a happy medium because from my experience, again, finding a happy medium makes the holiday period more enjoyable. Because if I'm making decisions around my diabetes and enjoying the things that I want to enjoy, my diabetes doesn't get in the way of that. And that's that's really important. So again, it's a decision that you make. There's no right or wrong. Okay. You could be somebody that says, look, Christmas time or the festive period for me, it's just what I'm going to eat and drink, whatever. I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not even going to step foot outside. I'm not going to do anything apart from sit on the couch, eat and drink. Like that's your decision to make. Okay. But for me, it's most enjoyable when there's a happy medium. So that's the first thing. Actually decide what it is you want. All right. And again, that isn't just the festive period. That can be a night out, dinner out, whatever. Number two, planned snacking, what I like to call um, planned snacking, and I suppose around the festive period, one of the things that can be most tricky when you live with type 1 diabetes is the fact that there's all different types of foods coming at you from all angles. You're going mm. to family, you're going to friends, you're going to bars, you're going to restaurants. Like There's different types of foods at different times. And it's not necessarily routine in the sense that I'm eating this meal at this time. I'm eating this meal at this time. I'm eating dinner at this time you're more inclined to pick at things. You're more inclined to have a bit of this here, have a bit of that, touch a small bit of that over here. And it's kind of unpredictable. So two approaches that I have for, for that type of scenario essentially is looking at it as if it's a planned snack. So I'll give you an example. If I'm at home during the Christmas period or whatever, and there's all these types of foods, there's like, there's chocolates, there's breads, there's whatever. We all know what, what they are. So what I will do is I will either bunch a lot of it all up at, in like at once and essentially treat it as a meal. So I could take 
chocolate. I can take this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. And instead of picking at it, I'll just lump it all in one and try and accurately carb count as as best <laughs> I can. Have you have you ever gone to try and use uh, my fitness pal to uh track how many carbs and everything is in like one of those little celebration bars like the tiny little ones or the heroes or the roses or whatever the equivalent is in uh in your country 100% and that was, I was just about to touch on that it's <laughs> it, you can use that to your advantage like even if you're eating a mince pie for example and you've no idea what's in the mince pie. You can you can quite literally go to an app like MyFitnessPal and search medium-sized mince pie. And it might not be exact, but it, right. it could give you a much more accurate estimation of a carb count than your own estimation. And doing something like that, it it literally takes less than 10 seconds. And for you to even just make that small decision of, okay, I'm eating a mince pie, I have no idea what's in it. Let me just check my fitness pal quickly. And I thought it was 20 grams of carbohydrate, but it's actually 60 grams of carbohydrate. Now, it probably wouldn't be that much, but depending on the size, but it gives you an example. And it's like you use an app like MyFitnessPal to your advantage because it, it takes minimal amounts of time to, to do that. Anyway, going back to my example of a planned snack. So I'll basically bunch it all up in one and do exactly that. I'll try and search individual pieces of food or even just from my own experience, look at it and say, okay, I think there's 60 grams carbs. I think there's 80 grams carbs and just treat it as a meal, even though it's loads of different random things. The other way I would kind of approach that planned snacking idea is I would take insulin for everything that I'm eating. Now, one of the... One of the first things, well, one of the first things I was told when I started taking insulin when I was first diagnosed was don't stack your insulin, don't stack your insulin, don't stack your insulin. Meaning don't take more insulin on top of insulin you've just taken. And I understand the logic behind it because it, it, it's easy to kind of get lost in the amount of insulin that you're taking. It's easy to, see your blood sugars go lower as a result if you're just taking random amounts at random times and there's no there's no kind of clear logic as to why you've taken x amount at x time so i completely understand that but for me if i am eating foods kind of on and off i will still treat those little snacks if i require insulin for them as mini separate meals Meaning if I'm snacking on a few slices of bread, I take insulin for that bread. If 20 minutes later, I'm eating a few celebrations or chocolates or roses or, or whatever chocolates you eat, I'm taking insulin for that too. So I'm stacking my insulin. It's not against the law to stack your insulin. It's just not as easy to track and monitor. Right? It'd, be funny if, it'd be funny if it was. <laughs> I know, I know. The police banging on the door. Yeah. Sometimes it can feel like it. your insulin, police. But, but that's the thing. Sometimes it, how insulin stacking is spoken about from time to time, it, it's, it can feel as if it's probably against the law. But again, I understand the logic behind it because of course you want to reduce the likelihood of you going really low 
kind of unexpectedly. But for me, if I have confidence in my insulin to carb ratios, if I have confidence of my insulin timing, it's irrelevant for me whether or not I stack my insulin or I don't. So again, to reiterate that with planned snacking, have a decision around it, meaning am I going to bunch it all in one and try and accurately carb count and take my insulin? Or if I am snacking here and there, here and there, here and there, can I take insulin individually for different pieces of food? Now, again, to kind of frame everything that we're going through with these episodes, it's also like most things with diabetes. It's also your decision. You could be somebody that's just listened to me speaking about those two examples. And you could just say to yourself, you know what? I don't actually, I don't even care that much. I'm just going to eat whatever and not even take my insulin. Your decision. This is just my approach with these types of things. Just to frame that again. Right. (laughs) That all makes sense, Graham. 100%. Let's move on. What's number three? So number three is make the most of your mornings if you can. And what I mean by that is generally around the festive period, around Christmas, et cetera, most of the socializing is going to be done like afternoon time, evening time, night time. You're going to be going out drinking alcohol. You're going to be eating out at restaurants, at friends' places, parties, whatever. Generally, that's going to be nighttime. So when I say make the most of your mornings, obviously, if you're waking up and you're dying of a hangover, it's, <laughs> it's not going to be as easy to do. But if you know that that day or that night, you're going out and you're going to be overindulging. You're going to be out later than expected. You're going to be drinking alcohol. You're going to be eating not the best types of foods. Make the most of your morning means if I have a spare 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, can I get a workout in? Can I get a walk in? It could just be like a walk around the block, a walk down the beach, whatever. And can I get in advance of an unpredictable evening food and drink wise? Can I get good nutrition in? Can I hydrate in advance? So it's like you're, you're not saying to yourself, okay, it's Christmas time. It's the festive period. Therefore, everything goes out the window. You can still make decisions even in a different part of the day that just makes you feel better. It gives you energy and doesn't make you feel or doesn't doesn't lead to you feeling even worse in the new year, right? <laughs> because um, that's what we don't want. I'll, I 100% agree. I'll tell you a little story though from the from a few days ago and a, a word of warning, just don't do what I did. So I had my Christmas party on Wednesday night, which was a horrible evening for a, for a Christmas party, but that's another story. Wow. And I woke, I woke <laughs> up in the morning and I thought to myself, you know, I didn't drink too much alcohol the night before. Like I got in about 1 a.m. So not early, but not super late. And I was feeling a little bit kind of like, oh, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the gym because I don't have to go into work till about 1 p.m. Mm. But here is the dreaded mistake that I did. Sat down, I had my porridge, no problem there. And then I said, what do I need to do? I need to get a coffee into me just to kind of get me going. Drank a coffee really quickly. And then just as I was leaving, I said, oh, I, I'm going to have one of those Revive Actives. You know them on? I know them. I, I haven't taken them. That's like the kind of electrolyte kind of things, is it? Yeah. So I had a pint glass of water. I put the powder in there, shook it all up, downed it. Uh-huh. And then I jogged to the gym 
a big mistake. I had taken on too much liquid in a short period of time. I had the coffee and this kind of orangey electrolyte drink gurgling in my stomach. And by the time I had the like the small three minute run to the gym, I was vomiting in my mouth. I was like, that is rotten. But I was there and I was like, you got to get appreciate the sound. I appreciate the sound effects. <laughs> I gotta get through it, Graham. You're here now. You're here. Don't turn around. And I was like scanning my app as I got into the gym. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh God. So do get up and make the most of your day, but don't destroy yourself with coffee and electrolyte drinks in a really short period of time. Run then immediately to the gym oh. and then get sick in your mouth. I can even I can even feel that in my stomach. It's, <laughs> but it, that, that even happens when you drink water too fast, and it's like, oh, yeah. it's actually I can feel it as you say, like thought, churning in my stomach. And did like, you get the workout done? Got the workout done. Now it wasn't the best workout of my life, but I got it done. And but a little bit of me was foolish enough even before uh, I left the house. I was going. This is going to be the best workout of my life. I've got my coffee, got my electrolytes. Boom! It was uh, below average, but look, it was done, and I wasn't lying well, around. That that Graham even even perfectly highlights what I was just about to say. Like, if you get a workout in or you get a walk in, it doesn't have to be the best workout you've ever done. And people can can often be under the impression that if I get a workout done or if I go to the gym, it has to, I have to do X. I have to feel a certain way. I have to, you know, come out of there feeling as if Jesus, that was the, that was the best workout I've ever had. I, I've lost count the amount of times I've left the gym thinking that was a terrible workout in comparison to what I know I have done or could do, but it's better than doing nothing. And particularly around the festive period, you are going to be out later. You are going to be drinking alcohol. You are going to be eating crappy types of foods inevitably you're going to you're also going to be lacking sleep so inevitably that's going to have an impact on your quality of workout so even though you were going <laughs> and nearly getting sick <laughs> on the way to the gym and likely nearly getting sick in the gym you going to the gym is better than not going to the gym at all you know so like something is better than nothing anyway so yeah Proud of you, Well done. Thanks. Thanks, Owen. Thanks. I had your voice in my head as I was <laughs> yeah. lying in bed, staring at the ceiling, not wanting to get up. <laughs> I would have physically dragged you out of there myself. <laughs> so that's it. Me. Make, make the most of the mornings. If you know that, again, to reiterate, if you know that you're going to be out later, if you know that you're going to be eating crappy food, going to be drinking more alcohol, can you, can you make a mini investment into your energy, your mood, your health earlier in the day? Because it, Again, doesn't have to be perfect, but it's better than nothing. What we number are we on, Graham? I think we're moving on to number four. Yeah, number four. Okay. What we got? Number four is kind of in line with what I was saying in terms of making a decision in advance. And basically, it is banking calories for later in the day or later in the week. Now, what I mean by banking calories is essentially if you are somebody who maybe actively is already trying to lose weight, is actively trying to lose body fat, is actively trying to you know get fitter, get healthier, get in better shape. This time of year is a very difficult time for that because everything we've already gone through, lack of sleep, lack of routine, lack of exercise, crappy food, more alcohol. And also even the mindset of this this is my last blowout before the new year when everything is going to change and these big new, new year's resolutions come in. So if you are somebody who 
is like we've gone through. You're maybe actively trying to get fitter, healthier, leaner, stronger, in better shape, whatever. By banking calories in advance of a day or a night, you're essentially still able to indulge and enjoy food and drink without feeling really bad the next day or without feeling guilty or without getting to the new year and thinking, you know what, I've knocked myself back three months as opposed to two weeks. So essentially what banking calories would be is, let's say, for example, my, let's say my daily calorie target is 2000, for example. Okay. If I know that when I go out tonight, I'm going to a Christmas party or whatever, I'm going to inevitably be consuming a thousand calories because I'm going to be drinking, I'm going to be eating mince pies, I'm going to be eating chocolate, whatever. That's generally more calories than I would consume just in a normal evening per se. Okay. So if I was to make a decision in advance that, okay, I'm going out tonight, I'm going to be consuming more calories. Can I reduce my calories earlier in the day? So that essentially your overall daily calorie intake is the same. It's just spread out differently. It's just distributed differently. So you're still consuming in and around what you normally would anyway, but you're just lowering the calories earlier in the day and essentially saving them for later in the day. Another really good example of this is, and generally this is like an approach that a lot of people inside our program take because for the most part, Monday to Friday for people is quite consistent. Like I work Monday to Friday, nine to five, whatever it is, for example, weekends are where I like to go for dinner. I like to have a few drinks. I like to get a takeaway. I like to be out of routine and eat more calorie-filled foods. Let's put it that way. So if I know that, right, 2,000 per day is my target to stick with the example. That's 14,000 calories over a week. Okay. If I already know that I want to consume more calories on the weekend, I don't want to go... 2000, 2000, 2000, 2000, 2000, 2000 mm. for the whole week and then overindulge on the weekend. And then as a result of that, I'm not getting anywhere closer to the potential physical goal that I may have in mind. Whereas if I say to myself, okay, Monday to Friday is pretty, it's pretty normal. There's like, I don't go out to a restaurant. I don't get a takeaway. My day is more routine. If my target usually is 2000 per day, why don't I pull it back to 1700, for example, or 1500, for example. So on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, my calories are 1500. So essentially, I'm saving two and a half thousand additional calories for the weekend. So my weekly calorie intake is still exactly the same. I've just distributed it differently so that I can enjoy the things that I like to enjoy. And also, I'm still on track to making the physical progress that I want to make. So that can work really well during Christmas time. Because like I said, if you know primarily most of your calories are going to be consumed in the evening, the afternoon, or the night, whatever, like, can I just reduce what I consume for breakfast or earlier in the day to save myself calories for later in the night? That's something I wouldn't even thought of because you always hear of people, uh, your calorie intake per day. 
Mm. Um, never really thought about taking it as a week and then saving some for the weekend. Of course, hundred yeah, percent. That's a that's a different way of looking at it. Yeah, for and me, I actually i I had a one to one call with a a member of the Type One Percent program earlier this week, specifically about this, because one of his main goals is to lose body fat, and he's he's completely open and he's completely honest which I always appreciate and he's like look on Christmas time for me I love to drink pints of Guinness <laughs> I, I love I love to go out he's he's actually from Mayo uh, love, oh, no to drink, love, love to drink love to drink pints of Guinness <laughs> love to love to eat all sorts of foods chocolates stay out late whatever like that's important to enjoy during this time of year but also because he knows he has a physical goal in mind and what he said was look I don't want to come into January feeling worse than I did before December. So again, much like the first point that we made, having a happy medium is perfect. So one of the main things we looked at was, okay, if if you know you're going to be consuming most of your calories on these big nights, he was already able to identify like this, the night I'm going out with the lads. This is the night I'm, I have out with my family. This is Christmas day. This is Stephen's day. Like he knows they're the big days. You know, yeah. So it's yeah. like, okay, can we get the workouts in on the days where you're going to be rested? Can you increase steps on the days you know you're going to be consuming more calories? Like these types of small decisions that you can make in advance seem tiny, but they actually make a really big difference. Can I reduce calories earlier in the day where that night I know I'm going to be having 10 pints of Guinness? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you, you can just, you can save yourself then. A lot of, you can, the way we put it is you can protect progress that you've made as opposed to coming to January and thinking, Jesus, I really enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it too much. And now I just don't feel the best. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, your decision. One more. Where are we going? That was four, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll do one more and we'll do a part two for next yeah. week as well. Just so it's not too much information. Perfect. So num- so the last one for this episode is a bit of a mindset one. And again, it comes around or it kind of revolves around decision making. And it basically is make decisions that you want to make. Don't be pressured by other people to make certain decisions, to drink certain things, to eat certain things. Because the vast majority of the time, the people that you socialize with, your friends and your family, their reality is different to your reality. Meaning, if I'm watching, let's say I'm watching a Christmas movie at 12 o'clock at night and I'm hammering into the the chocolate celebrations or whatever, whatever chocolates you like to eat. If I'm going to bed at 12.30, my reality with my night's sleep that night is different to the people that don't have diabetes around me. So just because other people around me are eating or drinking something doesn't mean that I have to do it. Now, the big thing with this type of approach, this kind of decision-making approach, is the fact that the easiest way to look at it is like, oh, no, that's too restrictive. No, 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 I'm not not doing that. I'm not doing that. It's Christmas time. I want to have whatever. I want to do whatever. That's perfectly fine. It's your decision to make that or to decide that. But when you go, and this is something that that I like to speak about a lot on, it's like when you actually go a little bit deeper on that, it's not restrictive. 
because you're actually making a decision that benefits your health. It's a mini investment into your health. And something as small as deciding to eat something or not eat something, eat something at a certain time or not eat something at a certain time. It seems restrictive on the surface, but it's actually, it actually requires a lot of self-discipline. And in a lot of these sort of social situations requires a lot of confidence to, to make that decision publicly because Christmas time is, uh, it's, it's such a typical time of year where people are like, ah, go on, ah, <laughs> go on, go on. You know, and maybe that's more, <laughs> more even an Irish thing than anything else. But yeah. like the fact that you laughed, Graham, you know exactly what I mean. It's like, well, ah, come, on, come on. I feel sorry for, uh, your client for Mayo because that's what <laughs> I, know, I know. I know, I know, I know. Should we do, should we don't see it all year? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it. <laughs> So again, it's, it's about making decisions that you want to make and not, not being influenced by people around you. And the second point of that is don't be pressured by yourself, right? And what I mean by that is it's easy for us to justify doing something because that's what we've always done. You know, it's Christmas time. I, I always do this at Christmas time. I always eat X, Y, Z at Christmas time. You know, this is the tradition. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. Again, to reiterate your decision, I'm not saying to do this or not do it. There's no right or wrong. But don't be pressured by yourself to do something because that's what you've always done. And you could be listening to this podcast and this could be a year where like you've, you've tried to make significant changes to your life, to your health, to your well-being, to your diabetes, to your fitness, to your shape, whatever. And as a result of that significant change that you want to make, it actually requires you becoming a kind of different type of person in all of the best ways. And to make consistent change and progress to your health long term. These types of decisions benefit you a lot because it proves, look, I'm making a decision to benefit my health. I'm making a decision to improve on how I was last year. So don't be pressured by your own thought around the thing and your own justification around, ah, this is what I've always done. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you do want to do it, do do it. And again, it, the easiest thing in the world is, is to listen to this and view it as being too restrictive. Ah, it's Christmas time. Relax. That's perfectly fine. But also, like I said, you go a little deeper and these types of decisions made consistently are what actually lead to you making significant change. I think that's a good point to wrap it up for part one. And, um, Let's do part two next week because there was actually a lot in that, a lot of really, really good stuff. So as we often say, we don't like to overwhelm you with information. Take what you can from that and then uh, join us next week for part two of managing your blood sugars around the festive period. Absolutely. And even with that, what I would say, if there are a couple of things that have jumped out at you even with this episode, jot them down. Like you might be out for a walk, you might be out at the gym. Like, jot it in your phone. Oh, yeah, that was a good idea. Oh, I didn't think about that this way. Jot them down in your phone so that you can revisit them and uh, benefit from them if they are things that you'll benefit from. 
See you next week. Well, chat to you next week. Take it easy.